Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 40, Silence is Golden. Today's proverb is unattributed. I'll read it twice. Let sleeping dogs lie. Once more, let sleeping dogs lie. I'm recording this episode in my home. Since the pandemic began, I found it harder and harder to find a quiet space to work. And so I am now in my apartment between classes during the day on an off hour. So there's going to be some noise, I think, in the background. People upstairs, my neighbors, banging away, hanging up pictures into their their walls, turning their blenders on, etc. It is truly amazing just how loud quiet is when you need silence. Maybe I should have given this disclaimer a few weeks ago. I know the Uh, sound quality of the episodes has gone down recently. That's because I don't have this perfectly silent room in which to make my recordings anymore. But given the proverb of the day, it seemed fitting to make the announcement um, today. Let sleeping dogs lie. Before we consider the allegorical or figurative value of this saying, I'll say first that it reminds me of something adults actually say to their five or six-year-old children. I know that sleeping dogs lie is a proverb, which means that it has multiple layers of meaning. A good many proverbs are not true, 
on the surface. You actually have to dig before you see the truth. But let sleeping dogs lie strikes me as a thing that someone might say as a command, not as a proverb, and to simply mean it at face value. Let that sleeping dog lie there. Do not wake it up. And it sounds like the kind of thing you say to a child with a new dog. Child gets a new dog, wants to play with the dog, and when the dog goes to sleep, the child is kind of vexed. Maybe the child can be content to just sit right next to the dog, the puppy, and gaze at the sleeping dog. But a child wants to play. A child wants to wake up the dog, so the dog will play. Or the child wants to wake up the dog just to see what the dog will do. Will he get a drink? Will he play catch? But if the dog isn't hurting anything, and this is what I hear the father saying, the father sees the little child sitting next to the sleeping dog. Look, if the dog isn't hurting anything, just let him be. And what the father knows is that when the dog wakes up, then you have to take care of him. When he wakes up, he has a long tail that he might sweep all over the place, like a drunk custodian. Might knock something off the table. The dog's kind of a hassle when he's awake. I know we bought him to be awake. We didn't buy a dog to sleep. I'm not saying we should put the dog down or that I want to get rid of the dog, but if the dog is not hurting anything, don't rouse the dog into a state where they might mess something up. I know, I think I've mentioned this before. It's a thing I've noticed a lot over the last year. It's that men in their 30s and their 40s often have dogs that they don't like. Elsewhere, I've likened dogs, at least when you're in your 30s and 40s, a lot of men just sigh when dogs walk into the room, when their dog walks into the room. It's like a person that you openly dislike. The dog walks in, and the man of the house says, Ugh, what? What do you want? Go away. Especially when a man is trying to have a conversation with his friend. Dog walks into the room. Big old tail, knocks a bunch of stuff over. You're like, ugh, why do I have you? Wish I could get rid of you. We want to wake sleeping dogs, or children want to wake sleeping dogs, because they're curious. Because children think everything will be more interesting if the dog is walking around the house. And why have a dog if not to have a waking dog? You buy a dog for a companion. Dog's a companionable animal. You buy it because it reminds you of a person. That's, I think, one of the reasons why children love animals so much, is that animals stand for people. They're not people, but they stand for people. And there's a way, then, that because an animal stands for a person, that an animal can be many kinds of people at the same time. It represents mankind. At least in many stories, this is true. 
animals represent abstract concepts that humans cherish, like fidelity, right? The Arnolfini portrait, man and wife get married and they want their dog painted with them because the dog represents faithfulness. If you're just going to watch a dog sleep, are you really getting your money's worth? I think that that's, that's the sassy child talking there. We didn't get the dog to walk, just watch it sleep. Now, of course, so far as the allegorical meaning of the proverb, sleeping dogs aren't the only creatures which shouldn't be awakened. Sleeping ex-girlfriends should not be awakened. Sleeping ex-boyfriends should not be awakened. Especially not sleeping ex-girlfriends from your 20s. And you're wondering how they're doing. Well, maybe I'll just have a look on Google. See what became of them. Let it be. Nothing good is going to come from waking those memories. Sleeping memories, oftentimes, should be allowed to lie in repose, not awaken. Because when you awaken memories, there is no telling what they will do. So at times it can be pleasant to rouse a sleeping memory. But at other times, it might be better to not spend the afternoon reminiscing about something. I realize this always, of course, in the fall. I always realize that the pleasure and danger of memory in the fall. Because I become very nostalgic in the fall, I want to pull out all of my old records in the fall. If you find me listening to the music of my youth, it is most likely fall. And oftentimes the memories that are conjured up in listening to the music of my youth are sweet, bittersweet, in the way that Memories of childhood tend to be. Memories of adolescence, especially. But I have to be careful not to conjure up certain memories. Because memories are uncontrollable. Memory is a kind of Pandora's box. And there is no telling where memory will lead you. So there are some memories that need to be allowed to sleep as well. As someone who has taught middle schoolers on several occasions. I think there's also a sense, and this is going to sound exceedingly strange, I think there's certain occasions in which sleeping objects need to be allowed to just lie there. And I've observed this in my students on occasion. This certain kind of curiosity that prompts them to destroy things just to see if they can be destroyed. There's a certain kind of curiosity that prompts people to say to themselves, if I pushed that glass off the table, would it fall? And if it fell, would it break? And if it broke, would anyone be angry at me? And if someone was angry with me, what would they say? Would they know that I pushed the glass off the table for no good reason? Or would they reason to themselves, 
No one intentionally pushes a glass off a table. But the thing is, they do. There's that kind of curiosity. Maybe there's these two kinds of curiosity. There's a certain kind of curiosity that wants to know the unknown, like what the forbidden fruits taste like. And there's another kind of curiosity that just wants confirmation that the world works the way we've been told it does. 12 years ago, when my wife told me she was pregnant with our first child, one of the first thoughts I had was, huh, they weren't lying. That is how it works. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie prioritizes peace over perfection. And this is so far as the allegorical meaning is concerned. Maybe part of the face value as well. Sleeping dogs are peaceful dogs. They can't remain asleep forever. But while they're sleeping, enjoy it. They'll wake up soon enough. And when they do, they need to be watered and walked and given their heartworm medication. You can wake up a dog to get all those things started, or you can enjoy the tranquility that comes from a sleeping dog and just wait until it wakes up on its own. Let sleeping dogs lie means if things are peaceful, let them stay that way. When they become activated again, when they exit their state of rest, then deal with them as necessary. Let sleeping dogs lie actually puts a high value on peace and tranquility. But, as my friend John Paul recently noted, peace has become passe. And for this reason, let sleeping dogs lie is a profoundly unpopular sentiment these days. Peace has become passe. We no longer say, rest in peace when our heroes die. We say, rest in peace power. Peace seems silly, naive. It is, of course, unglamorous. Peace is as unglamorous and unexciting as it gets. Peace is not interesting in and of itself. It's interesting when people die, as Don Henley once said. Let sleeping dogs lie is going to be an unpopular saying in a progressive age because the idea that sleeping dogs should be allowed to lie assumes that things can be good enough. Like, let sleeping dogs lie means that conditions can be good enough. Not perfect, but good enough. Good enough for now. Good enough for now is a treasonous idea to the progressive mind. In fact, if there is such a thing as good enough, the entire progressive ethos falls apart because progressivism is utopian. Utopians don't like the idea that anything can be good enough. Utopians would never allow sleeping dogs to lie. Wake them up, get them to work, see what they do. Let sleeping dogs lie means just acknowledge for a moment how rarely you've persuaded anyone of anything. Let sleeping dogs lie means be willing to admit how often 
talking fails to resolve anything. I say this as someone who talks for a living. I'm not a quiet person. I talk a lot, talk for a living, talk all day. Today, I will talk for four hours at a group of people who will just sit there and listen to me, occasionally talking when I ask them a question. As someone who has done an awful lot of talking in his life, said a lot, written a lot, published over half a million words in the last five years, I have taken the Pepsi challenge. I have seen both sides. I know that talking doesn't often do much. Let sleeping dogs lie means be quiet. Don't wake a sleeping dog with your great ideas. Letting sleeping dogs lie is a better idea than whatever idea you are going to share with the dog. Let sleeping dogs lie means remember how often scripture commends silence. Not just silence between man and God, but even between man and man. For the resolution of numerous ills, silence works pretty well. Reflecting on the silence of Christ before his accusers, the Desert Fathers set forward this proverb. There is no trial that cannot be overcome with silence. The first time I heard that, I was in my late 20s, and I was like, oh, no. No. Can't buy that. There are times when you have to speak. You have to. There are times when you need to stand up and proclaim what's right. Sure. Fine. But be willing to admit how distasteful the idea of overcoming a trial with silence truly is. Another proverb could have committed this episode to this proverb. Speech is silver. Silence is golden. Let sleeping dogs lie is incredibly offensive to people who believe that talking through your problems usually works. We live in this age of talking through our problems. It's our, our problems are our favorite things to talk about. We don't like to admit that talking through your problems can and often does make things worse. When talking through our problems makes things worse, we view that as a failure to talk through our problems. Talking through your problems is this virtue among people who have a kind of supreme confidence in human reason. Tying through your problems can make things worse. I want to push this problem even just a step further, which is that not only should you let sleeping dogs lie, it's often wise to let sleepy dogs go to sleep. And you can sometimes feel this in your relationship with other people. It's this ineffable, hard to describe, uh, you know, beyond rational, transrational kind of thing, where you can feel the dogs between you going to sleep. That there's some problem that you've had, and you know that the problem is on the verge of going to sleep. 
there's some disagreement you had like three and a half weeks ago. And you know that if you can just let it go for like another four days, it's going to be totally asleep, at rest. And there's that, there's that temptation, there's that voice in your head that says, no, 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 don't let it go to sleep. And you go to the other person and you're like, I just want to bring this up before the moment passes. Well, let's wake that dog up, see what it does. The fact talking through your problems rarely works. It's not necessarily a reason to avoid difficult conversations. Because polite and rational conversation between dissenting parties is often just part of a sane policy of conflict resolution that anyone has to have. So I'm not suggesting that Christians shouldn't need conflict resolution policies. That's dumb. You do. My point is that very few conflicts are resolved through conversation itself. Sitting down and talking is better than gossip. It's better than airing out your complaints on social media. Back when I had Facebook, I remember the sinking feeling I got anytime someone I knew was deciding to live tweet their forthcoming divorce. Now I'm going to give you a blow-by-blow account of why we're getting separated. It's like, why? Don't. You will only make things worse. You will share this, and a dozen people will immediately tell you how brave you are and only flatter you and incite you to make it even worse than it is. I appreciate the fact that the so-called Matthew 18 principle prohibits gossip and slander. But many Christians treat the Matthew 18 principle as some kind of theological, bureaucratic rigmarole. What they have to blow through in order to get the real work of dismantling someone's reputation done. You know what's rather interesting? The 18th chapter of Matthew existed for nearly 2,000 years before Christians transformed it into procedural paperwork. You don't hear about the Matthew 18 principle in Dante's comedy. And this is the realm for people who failed to follow the Matthew 18 principle. There's no realm in hell like that. After 15 years of marriage, almost 15 years of marriage, 16 years as a teacher, 39 years as a human being, I have far more confidence in quietude and patience resolving conflict than sitting down to talk. On occasions where my wife annoys me to the point I want to confront her, the better thing to do is just go to bed. Things resolve themselves while I dream and I wake up and it's all over. Let sleeping dogs lie. You go to sleep too. It's often better after you sleep on it. It's often better after you allow silence to intrude for a good long time. Maybe that's why sleeping works so often. You see everything so much more clearly in the morning 
because you haven't been talking through it. And all that silence allows your soul the space to churn through that pain or vexation and transform it into something else. It's better to quietly suffer. I picked this up in Jane Eyre this past week. It's better to patiently endure a pang that only you will deal with than to spread it to six other people who can do nothing about it. That's Helen Burns talking with Jane when she's younger. The weight of this, how often we don't want it to be true. How often we don't want to just deal with it, bottle it up. We want to drag other people into it. We want to drag all those other sleeping dogs into it. It might be that we're a people so given to distraction that we've lost confidence in our soul's ability to churn through our problems in silence. And that our souls are so given to distraction that there really is no silence inside of us either. And so before we can let sleeping dogs lie, we need to learn how to be silent again. How to deal with silence. How to love silence. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.